Welcome to Flow State Business. Hello, lovelies. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here today and we are talking about money. I actually pulled the Wheel of Fortune card. There you go. Just before we started the podcast, I love, love the tarot for all things business and guidance, as you know, and um, I gave it a nice little tap, good shuffle. And what do you know? Wheel of Fortune just went bam. And what this card represents to me is not just like, you're going to be rich and wealthy. Woohoo, wheel of fortune. It means that you are in control of this wheel. You can turn it towards fortune or you can turn it away from it, which is what has really inspired me to sit down with all of you today and talk about this topic of money because I know we love it. I know that as a community, we gobble up this topic and it always creates so much abundance and high vibes. And I always love sharing where I'm at with money through stories and through moments that I realized has really helped me grow and change. And really where I want to land today is talking about playing big no matter what, how to rewire the narrative around money through everyday life situations as opposed to it being this big concept that's really hard to grasp. And instead, I kind of want to give you what the specifics are in the day that really helps me play bigger with money. How does that sound? I hope you are ready for this and excited to also join along in conversation. And it's so, oh gosh, sometimes I wish we did a live show. I would absolutely love that. I feel like we definitely need to incorporate that somewhere along this journey of um, this podcast just becoming one of the best and greatest in the world. I also have my beautiful glass of wine. Gosh, a while ago now, (laughs) we went to Adelaide, which is the wine region in Australia. And I got myself a good couple of bottles of Shiraz, my fave. And I decided this was a good time to break it open and to cheers to all things money and celebrating that together as a community. Because I have a lot of respect for money. I have a lot of respect for this topic. So where do we start? Money is one of the most powerful resources that we have in this world. Do you agree with that? I believe it can be used to create empires or it can be used to help people in need. And of course, it can be used to destroy. And unfortunately, a lot of people view money as something that is bad and that will disappear if we don't watch it carefully. Or if we have it, then we're going to do bad things with it or we don't trust ourselves with it. My money story is a really common one, I feel. Although every time I share it, it always seems to kind of give others a different perception of someone who has now made multiple millions of dollars online and then realizing that, holy shit, like this person really had to go through some of her own stuff to do with money. So in a nutshell, if you're new here, I grew up in a family that was riddled with financial trauma and a lot of financial debt because my father was an epic gambler and he's since gone through his healing journey. I've gone through mine. But what that really taught me about money was it was incredibly unsafe, unstable. It ruined families. It got to the point where there were a lot of nasty loans from bad people in the underworld being made and essentially my life was at risk. I had to go into hiding. They were trying to kidnap me to hold me as ransom. We lost our house. It was a really, really 
awful time in all of our lives. I was followed. I was stalked. I was threatened. Um, they called my phone about 112 times a day. And I was so scared, you guys, that it made me feel as though money was the worst thing in the world. So with that background and a lot that I had to almost dig up again because I buried it. I was so afraid of it. I was so afraid of that memory and that thought. As anyone who's gone through any level of trauma, I had to really come face to face with it when I decided to choose this pathway of becoming an entrepreneur. And more so than that, choosing this pathway of being a light leader that comes with healing financial and generational trauma of money and women. So in this episode, we're going to discuss how to rewire the narrative around money so that you can play bigger with it no matter what. But also as I share my story, perhaps it's inspiring you to also look at your own and where you can perhaps do some healing and looking at ways in which that you can come face to face with some of your greatest fears that relate to money. Because I feel like what you'll realize is that it's not money that's the problem. It's the belief or the story that you've attached to it. Money is neutral. Money doesn't have a good or bad weighting to it. It merely is a resource. It merely is an element that we get to charge up with either positive ions or negative ions, right? So when it comes to money, a lot of people feel like they are not enough, especially once you start building a business and once you start charging, once you start putting a price tag on your skills, your attributes, the characteristics in which you show up in. And a lot of my clients, a lot of you have also commented that you think that you need to have a lot of money in order to find happiness in your business. And this might not be as straightforward as that. You wouldn't say it like that to me, but that's how it would be interpreted. And it would come out in the form of once I get that next big launch, I'll feel better about myself. Once I make $10,000, I'll feel legit. Once I have, you know, a certain amount of people pay me a certain amount of money, then I'll feel successful. So what it comes back to is a lot of people feel like they're not enough and they feel like they need to have a level of money in order to be happy. So a bit of a story time, and I want to link this back to how this has really helped me think about money differently and what makes me feel as though I'm playing big with money? And you might be surprised with this story and how kind of everyday it feels, but I feel big with money because of something like this. So unfortunately, in the last month or so, my son has had to have a lot of dental work. Actually, both my kids have had, my youngest and my eldest. Eldest, he had um, Invisalign for a while. It didn't really work. So we had to upgrade to braces. And then my youngest is a mouth breather. So what this can do for a lot of baby teeth, and he still has all of his baby teeth, by the way, is it can cause cavities. So there's a whole science behind it. And I remember saying to my dentist, I don't know what's going on. He, we're like pretty much like a no sugar family. You know, what's happening here? Is it his toothpaste? Is, is there something else? And she's like, he's a mouth breather. I can tell by the way he's talking and that kind of thing. So Anyway, have a Google of that if you're not quite sure what that is or if that's even of interest to you. So there's been a lot of dental work. And with my youngest, it's roughly $170 a session out of pocket. Insurance covers some of it per session. And he's had three so far to fix the cavities. 
And so it's been just over $500. My eldest with the braces, as you can imagine, it's a couple of thousand dollars. So this would cause a lot of financial stress on a family because it can be deemed as an unexpected cost, something that you wouldn't have seen sort of come out of the blue. And I know growing up in a middle-class family, and I also had braces, um, these sorts of health things come up it caused financial stress on the budget. I saw my parents over the dining table reshuffling numbers around and discussing what this meant and meaning that we had to cut back, meaning that we couldn't go on that year holiday, you know, at least push it out a little bit. Or maybe it meant that someone had to work some extra hours in order to cover this unexpected cost. To us, we didn't even note how much any of this costs. And the only reason why I kind of know what they are is because when the claim went through, you can kind of see it and you sign off on it. We just tapped the card boop, and kept going on with our day. Absolutely neutrally, no guilt, no feeling of sickness, no thinking, oh, like thousand dollars have gone out of the account or $2,000 extra is left or now that's extra that we have to pay off the card. It was just so neutral, like boop. And this is financial abundance to me. This is playing big no matter what. And it's because the business that we've built and created has allowed us to have so much in excess, so much in surplus that having this level of like, oh, okay, cool. We can just pay for that. If this is, you know, the health of our family, this is what they require in order to, you know, obviously have healthy teeth and all of that. Great. No questions asked. Let's do it. Another example where I've recently felt as though, oh gosh, like I'm playing really big financially now. And once again, it's an everyday example. The school sent home a raffle ticket booklet last week, raffle tickets to fundraise for the upgrade of the school PA system. And it was $2.50 a raffle ticket. There are a hundred tickets in the booklet and they sent a little note with it to say no pressure in selling these. It really merely is to add a little bit more to the budget and the kitty so that we can upgrade some aspects of the school. We just signed it off and bought the hundred tickets, right? And it was so funny because, you know, with raffle tickets, you have to like write information on each page and then you go into a drawer to win something. We were just like, okay, fine. Anyway, we bought them all to contribute to the new PA system. And about a month later, the school newsletter reported back to say, thank you so much for your contributions. I honestly don't think too many people sold these raffle tickets. Like it's one of those things that's like, could you be fucked selling it to your friends and your family or whatever? Most people would be like, nah, you know, but anyway, they said that they were close to raising the money for it. So we closed that gap with a cash donation. We just went up to the office and spoke to the principal and said, can we just close the gap on that so that we can have a new PA system for the school? No biggie. It just felt like a really nice narrative to have. So I wanted to do it. And that just felt really expansive to me. It felt so good to me. And so I also wrote it down in my journal because I want to have more of those experiences. I, I choose to have more of those. And that might mean contributing to other parts of the school and the upgrades that it needs or other schools or the soccer club, something community driven. I feel really lit up by it. So it's not that we don't have any concerns or stresses like everybody else everybody experiences a level, like you kind of get to, you know, it's like you have an energetic minimum and maximum with what you can and can't deal with, or, you know, what feels good with money and what doesn't feel good with money. We have that too. Please don't take it like, 
oh gosh, you know, I've rewritten my narrative and I don't feel these things. Absolutely. The narrative that you have lots of money and you also have lots of trouble comes up every now and again because of my history, because of the deep layers that, you know, I have that I've held within my cells because of hiding inside of a dumpling factory for weeks, hoping that no one's going to find me and put a number to me. And if they don't pay it, then who knows what will happen to me, right? That sort of deep, irrational thought still comes up that those people are going to find me if I'm seen and famous, earning lots of money. But you know, how it also comes up in a more practical sense around having more money equals more trouble is we now pay so much money to the tax man. (laughs) So much money. It's absolutely crazy because we earn so much. We also pay so much in tax. And we do have a lot of complicated financial structures and we pay so much money to our estate lawyers, to our accountants, to have these structures in play to help protect our wealth and to help us grow our wealth. But it's how you deal with this narrative that makes the difference. This is how you start to rewire by noticing what is the chokehold, what makes you feel a little bit nervous and scared about talking about money more in this way. And a part of playing big and a part of rewiring the narrative is that you can see something that will help you achieve your goals and linking that to something that is holding you back. So another way of looking at this is if you know that you have a desire to, let's say, earn, let's go big, $100,000 this month alone that you're listening to it and noticing where you're currently at with that goal. Some of you would be more within reach. Others of you are kind of going... <laughs> this month. That is so crazy. We want to look at what's the narrative in there. So I will have some clients who are saying to me, oh my God, Rubes, like I'm so close. I'm an 88K. Where am I going to find this next 12? It just feels so impossible. It feels so far away. I've literally cleaned out the pipeline. There's literally no one else who wants to pay that. I'm done. And I keep capping out at 88K. I've definitely had that client before. And I've had some other clients who are like, that is so funny. I haven't even hit 10K. How could I possibly dream of 100K? And so then there's a belief in there about the fact that you have to create these incremental steps up to 100K when really you you can do anything in the quantum. You could just do 10K and then 100K next month. It's like I went from a 2K month to a 50K month because I decided that I was willing to receive that level of money and then put a sales offer to back that and be behind that, right? With the client who was at 88K trying to get to her first 100K month, she had this narrative that she would set goals that she could get close to, but never achieve. So that was really cool. Like when she realized that, and after that, she hit 102K the following month. It was a massive celebration. So there's a, a really beautiful walking track around my area. For those of you that live in Southern Gold Coast, it's that track basically from Rainbow Bay right through to Tugan to Corumban and you walk along the water and you see the waves hitting the shore and it's so gorgeous. And I love riding my bike along that track and just going on solo walks because you can just walk and walk and walk and get into a trance. There's beautiful homes along there. Lots of famous people live along that track. And when I walk there solo, I try not have anything in my ears, like no AirPods or anything like that. I just want to listen to the ocean. I want to be really present and communicative with my guides. So I don't really, you know, usually tune into other people's conversations on this walking track. But for whatever reason, the other day when I was walking, I started to tune in to what everybody else was saying. And 
oh my God, you guys, like, I couldn't believe it. You know, just every single conversation were discussions around money troubles, denied mortgages, being massively in debt, student loans, losing jobs that sucked, expensive homes. They were pointing at all these beautiful expensive homes that we were walking past and just literally proclaiming out loud to the universe and to everybody else that could hear that they could never afford this place. Like I'll never ever live there or yeah, like, you know, like as if I could ever, you know, dream of having that or, you know, whatever it was. And it was of all ages, not just someone who felt like they were over the hill and had hit their earning potential. Like it was all ages, the young ones, everybody. And I walked and I walked and eventually I decided I'm done. I'm tuning out of these low vibe money convos because they were honestly starting to stress me out. I take a lot on, I think as a Pisces moon, I truly feel like the empathy around, especially that old lady who was talking about losing her job and how she's, that's it. She's done. Like she's never going to work for someone else again because she's too old. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so bad. But it just made me think, what if you could rewire the narrative around money so that instead of it causing stress and instead of it causing doom, there would be something else out there that could excite your energetic system to then link into that. So, you know, what I wanted to say was that little, to that little old lady was like, it's not over. You cannot be older than let's say 50 or 60. Like, um, yeah, maybe more so 60, to be honest. You cannot be older than that. And there has to be a way that you can continue to live your lifestyle. And I can almost bet your bottom dollar that she's likely asset rich right? And so, but she's feeling like because there's no cash flow, if you live in this area and you're walking around this area, you are more than likely going to be asset rich. I know it's a wild assumption, but I'm just going to put it out there because also I saw her hop into a car and she drove a relatively new car and sure it could be like on loan and whatnot, but if you've been able to get a loan of that amount for this car, you're good. You know what I mean? So I do wonder what it would look like if she had another version of herself that said a narrative of great. So now that I have not got that job, I can finally do what I want or start that side hustle or actually be able to offer, you know, other things. But to her, it was like dead end, done and dusted. And if you're kind of feeling that way, that you just feel like there's no other ways to rewrite and reprogram your story around money, Another way to look at it is to start writing what you know that you want to experience. So this whole topic and this whole episode is really about the everyday situations that help you play bigger and think bigger. Noticing that I'm not kind of saying dream into the millions of dollars and have a beautiful dream house and have six properties around the world. All of that, I'm here for it. We've had many conversations about that on this podcast. I really wanted to kind of have this grounded, what does the day-to-day look like? So here is what I knew that I wanted. And I want you to also write yours down. Try and come up with at least five things that you want to experience with money and what you want to do with it in a very physical, you know, material form. I knew that I wanted to invest in my business without question. So that meant I could hire my podcast producers, shout out guys, and not have to worry about the $2,000 a month that I was paying. It just felt really easy, done, didn't have to kind of be reliant on the business producing a level of income without having to wonder whether or not I could pay my producers. I knew that I wanted to invest in my own personal growth and development. So if I found a spiritual course that I wanted to buy, I could buy it without having to put it on 
credit or be in debt. I could just buy it feeling good about myself. I knew that if I wanted to work with a coach and be in a mastermind and it would cost me $75,000 that year that I could just do it you know, and just be like, cool, that's what it looks like. I knew that I wanted to travel and be able to do that very spontaneously. Right now, you know, three tickets to go halfway around the world and, um, you know, is, is going to be a lot of money, a lot of money. And then when my stepson comes and he visits us, that's going to be a lot of money return for a short period of time, but I don't ever want to have to think about it. You know, as I've been telling a lot of my friends here in Australia, or even those that are outside of the US that we're coming to the US and I'm so pumped. Oh my gosh, you guys. And and that we're going to go stay back in the OC. Almost every single person, I actually even went to a um, bridal shower not too long ago. And I was speaking to this one amazing lady who goes to the US a lot. A couple of them did actually, but one in particular said she goes there a lot to the area that I like to go to a lot. And she couldn't help herself. Like for 20 minutes, she was telling me how expensive everything was there. My client who was in um, mostly LA for three months, every call we hopped on, she was like, it's so expensive. It's so expensive. And every time that kind of, you know, conversation came up, I would really have to cleanse my aura from that because I just never think about it in the, in those terms. So I knew what I wanted was to be able to travel abundantly without having to second guess the cost or lower our standards of what we truly wanted to experience whilst we travel. I knew that I wanted to eat at restaurants whenever I wanted to without having to pick the most uh, cheapest thing on the menu, which is absolutely something that I used to do. Just, oh, I really wanted to have the linguine with the prawns and the truffle oil, but that was $38. Instead, I'm going to pick the two entrees that's only going to come to $20. And I wouldn't have the most expensive glass of wine. I'd have the cheap Prosecco because at least that was something and, and not nothing. I didn't want to have that. New standards, raising that. I knew that I wanted to buy coffees daily. Guys, this was something that actually Michael and I reflected on one of the episodes about how truly part of our goal, quitting our jobs and starting our own business was to make $10,000 a month. And in that assumption and hypothesis of 10K a month, we also factored in what daily coffees would look like for the both of us without needing to budget for it. There is this guy in Australia, I think he's global now, shout out because, you know, good on him for doing the work that he does. His name is the, I don't know his real name, Scott something, the barefoot investor. And he's like full on, very budget focused. And he was talking about how like there's a line item for coffees and how you could make your own coffees at home. And I'm like, eh, unsubscribe, do not want that. And so I wrote that down in my journal. I want to be able to buy coffees daily <laughs> and not have to worry about how much it costs. I knew that I wanted to buy something really fancy, a designer item once a year. That was just something for me to kind of raise the bar of feeling, you know, really abundant, uncomfortable, but excited and not having to once again go into debt around it, but just have money there for me to do that. And then lastly, it was like all things self-care. I wanted a massage every two weeks. I want to get my nails done every month. I wanted to get my hair blow dried once a month. I wanted to get facials done once a month. All these things that I never needed to have to consider the prices around. And this is what really helped me tune into playing big no matter what, right? Rewriting the narrative around money and what it was going to help me achieve and feel. It's possible. And it starts with changing the way that you think about money. Money is not evil. It's not something that will disappear if you don't watch it carefully. So guys, I hope you really enjoyed this riff, this conversation, this sit down. And I want to know whether or not this is really 
helping you, please send me through a DM over at underscore Ruby Lee underscore on Instagram. I'd love to kind of hear what aspects of this episode has really helped you think about it really differently. If you're on YouTube, definitely leave a comment. I absolutely read all of them. I'm so excited to continue sharing more of these on YouTube. And uh, lastly, if you do want to upgrade your money story, definitely check out my course, The Queen of Coin. It's not just another money course and a budget course or anything like that. It's definitely one that's designed to help you rewire everyday moments in your life to invite more abundant thoughts in, in which effectively rewrites your narrative and belief system around money and it creates more flow of financial abundance in your life because of that. So if that sounds great, definitely go check that out. It's in show notes, it's in the links, and I'll catch you for my very next episode. Bye guys, love you so much.